Protecting your assets for the next generation. You're listening to The Strong Room, a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 770 CHQR. Welcome to The Strong Room on 770 CHQR. I'm Peter Watts. Now that you've gotten through the holiday season and have resumed a normal schedule, hopefully, it's time to put in place some financial New Year's resolutions. And you likely have a few holiday bills to deal with as well. Which means it's time to get your financial house in order and to deal with building a life plan that encompasses what you want to achieve and defines how you expect to achieve your goals. Here's Sherry McMillan. People you know, tend to put off forward thinking and procrastinate this type of planning. And that's quite human, I think. So this is the time of year we get actually an influx of people calling our office and saying, you know, I want to be responsible. I want to be proactive this year and get my house in order so that I'm not paying, you know, an unfair share of taxation. And, you know, it's always weighed on my mind that I don't have a proper life plan or a proper legacy plan for my family. And so I'm going to do it this year. And so we get a lot of that um, in the month of January, every calendar year. And the good part is we don't let them make that promise and not follow through like the gym. We actually, you know, bring that plan to full fruition and get it behind them so next year it's not part of their resolution. You are persistent, you and your staff. We are, and we view this work, obviously, it is immensely important for so many reasons, and we didn't work this diligently in our lives um, to create an estate and then, you know, waste it by paying undue taxes on it or squander it or give it to, we call it in our office sometimes, the outlaws in our family unit instead of the in-laws. And so these are the real things that we face as families in real life. And we want to make sure that, you know, your life's work and the protection of your estate for your lifespan, because we're living so long today, and for the lifespan of your family and charities that you want to benefit are given appropriate and serious contemplation because life is so complex today. Our children have probably just returned um, from after Christmas to where they might live themselves and, you know, the year begins. Sherry introduced a number of topics that should be covered in the life plan, tax planning, philanthropy, legacy, family issues, and so forth. But there are three basics that apply to every single plan. Protecting assets, maximizing wealth, minimizing tax. Protecting assets has become much more relevant in the last few years because of the way the economy has behaved. And, you know, nobody was sheltered from how the economy has behaved and nobody has been sheltered from the government changes that we've experienced. And so when we've crafted our estate, we're endeavoring to lean upon it as our lifestyle for the future. We, we assume that's what it's going to do. That's why we worked so hard to create it. And so these monkey wrenches that are being thrown into the mix over the last few years, you know, have scared most of us, truthfully. And so we're all looking for that assurity that what we have built will remain with us so that it will protect us through those decades of lifestyle that we have to cover off in the years ahead. And being that we're living much longer, it's not just anymore, you know, a couple decades that that wealth has to protect you. It, it can be four and five decades. They actually have done studies in this area and they say we'll often spend more time in our retirement phase of life than we will in our working career. So, you know, that's a dramatic difference from our history. So protection has become at the forefront, I would say. And, you know, especially 
especially even moving into the younger generation of the baby boom, they're saying, well, I might inherit value from my parents, but I don't want to lose it. I want to know that it's there for our benefit, for our elder care, and then I want to transfer it, what's remaining to the family without paying that undue tax. So that's a really important facet, I think, for all of us. And then the next one you mentioned is maximizing our wealth. So this is interesting because not only do you want to mitigate your tax, but when you mitigate your tax, you actually naturally maximize your wealth. And often people don't think of them as correlated, but they're dramatically correlated. So, you know, if you can design your estate where it's tax effective every calendar year, well, that maximizes your wealth because you're keeping more of it to compound upon itself over the decades. And so we actually approach it upside down. We approach it from how can we save you tax each calendar year so that your wealth is maximized. The tax question alone should be enough to convince you that a new or revised life plan is definitely in order. Here's Sherry McMillan. Who needs an estate plan? You know, I feel, of course, Peter, I'm a little biased as an estate planner. I think all of us need an estate plan. However, I would suggest to you that families that have an asset base of, let's say, seven figures, a million or more are definitely candidates because they have a lot to risk when they're wealth transferring. And as we've progressed as a a country, we have created more and more affluence. And people will think, well, I'm not a millionaire, but it's actually easy to become a millionaire today in modern society. We have, you know, the cost of your home, especially let's say in a city like Calgary, um, you might have a little pension, some RSPs, maybe you have one rental property. You start adding it up and very quickly, you do have a net worth of a million or more. And so I always say to those families, once you start to create this kind of affluence, you have a lot to protect, a lot of tax contemplation to give consideration to, and a lot of complications in your estate because the larger estate is, the more chance you have of having various jurisdictions attached to your estate. So let's say you have the cottage in BC, not just your Alberta estate. Well, now you have two estates. Or let's say your children have moved into the US. Well, now you have US inheritance issues. So in modern society, it has become more complex regardless of the net worth that we have just due to life circumstances and the kinds of assets that we're holding. So there are some groups that are that are obvious, uh, families that have created a sizable estate, business owners, small, medium or large or otherwise, anybody that owns any kind of a business at all needs a life plan to talk about protecting assets, maximizing wealth and minimizing tax. Families with conflict, addiction issues and disabilities. The old story about peace in the family, about family harmony, all covered off there that needs a plan to go with it. Families with cottages or recreational properties. The rules are different in different parts of the country than they are here in Alberta. Families that recreate, work or reside all or part of the year outside the province, perhaps outside the country, perhaps in the U.S. And I think increasingly with your client base, perhaps in other countries as well. Need to know what the rules are, need to have a plan in place to make sure you don't get caught in a surprise that could be pretty costly. That's right, Peter. And timely right now, of course, is many families are snowboarding this time of year. And so one of the cautions I always share with families is really know your stuff in this area because the IRS is not uh, forgiving. If you don't know the rules, they're going to tax your entire state. And that might sound scary for a Canadian that's only snowboarding and think, how is that even possible? But they have some really rigid rules in the states. And that is that you really don't want to pay spend more than a consecutive window of time being more than 121 days per calendar year. Now they use the analogy of your snowbird if you're less than 183 days and that confuses people because it's not 
183 days straight up. It's actually a formula based on the last few years. So the challenge is for most of us, um, we've got this in the back of our mind or we've heard whispers of it. It's sort of a myth. And I think it's a great marketing toy of the IRS because if you think it's 183 days and spend 183 days and then you get caught out in your estate and owe you know, 40, 45% of your estate in tax, that's been a very good underlying message coming out to us. It actually is not that straightforward. It's more like 121 days if you want to stay within the black and white zone of do you owe U.S. inheritance tax. So for my snowbirds in the winter, one of the challenges is that they hear all these mixed messages from accountants and friends and neighbors, and they're not really sure how it applies. Now, obviously, Peter, if you have a $5,000 estate, it's irrelevant to you. But if you have a $50 million estate, it's exceptionally relevant to you if you're going to lose 40 or 45% of it. Particularly when the IRS, which doesn't accept uh, forgiveness rather than permission, uh, you know, decides that it can prosecute for your Canadian assets, never mind just whatever you might own in the United States. That's right. And one of the things that's been unfolding, because they need to collect tax, this is not a secret, um, but one of the things that has been unfolding in the United States is they're going to allow us to spend more time under immigration. But that's a completely separate set of laws pertaining to estates. And so one of the challenges is, you know, I might read, okay, if I buy a home worth a certain value, I can spend nine months the air. Well, that's really good for them because now what you've done is not only will you owe estate tax, you actually owe them annual tax. Now, imagine if you still have a business here in Canada and you're owing them what we call an imputed tax rate on earnings you haven't even taken out of the company and having to pay it down in the United States. So, you know, I always share with families when you're giving contemplation uh, to purchasing recreational property and we're a firm supporter of it. We just have to do it right and we have to follow the parameters that the governments allow us to play in. Um, one of my favorite lawyers I've worked with through the years, he always used to use this analogy, Peter, and I think it was so accurate. He would say, you know, if you want assets or children living down in the US and you want to also be Canadian, it's like you're trying to play two games at once, scramble and monopoly, and you're mixing up all the pieces and then trying to sort it. And it truly has become that complex, unfortunately. So you have to pursue professional advice to make sure you're doing it appropriately. So if you are thinking about your financial future and you want to establish a sound base going forward, you should be contacting Macmillan Estate Planning without further delay. More on that after the break. You're listening to The Strong Room on 770 CHQR. <laughs> 